listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to another episode of The 30 Podcast, brought to you, of course, by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, where we have you covered for everything Lakers. NBA playoffs are on, and it seems like the Lakers still hijacking most of the TV content you're seeing on ESPN, Fox Sports, all over the internet. It's all about the Lakers, so the sideshow and the soap opera, not over yet. On with me today to discuss things, senior writer at Silver Screen and Roll, the guy who does it all basically for us, Harrison Fagan. Harrison, how you doing, my man? I'm I'm doing as well as you can be after covering, you know, the last, like, two weeks of Lakers dysfunction. It's been... Um, kind of ridiculous but um you know like that's that's how it is you you talked about the interest being at an all-time high i can even say like you know this is a little bit of a humble brag but like our site has been at the top of sb nation nba's like tracking metrics metrics for the most part like lakers fans very much still want to hear about all the craziness that is going on even though they haven't played a game in a week and a half if anything our traffic's up since they stopped playing games because you know like the pesky like bad basketball's out of the way so now they get to focus on the real job of being a circus and creating dramatic content for us. Yeah, it's been the highlight of the of the last six seasons, the off season, right? And you know, yeah. like you said, it's good for business. It's good for business right now, so you can't complain. Yeah, this is trickle down economics. The Lakers are job creators, even outside of their organization. They're doing great. <laughs> yeah, and thank you to them for doing that, by the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, you can check out Harrison on Twitter at H N Fagan. That's F A I G E N, and follow us as well at Lakers SBN. Of course, while you're here, I have to tell you, subscribe to our podcast network. We're always updating things daily with uh, stuff on the podcast. You can check us out on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. We are there, so don't forget to do that as well. So, Harrison, let's jump into this right away. Uh, one of the rumors, the main rumor coming out today, uh, taking a look at Kawhi Leonard. Now, there's reports that teammates of him are saying that he might leave the Raptors. It's looking like he will. Uh, they believe that for either the Lakers or Clippers. Now, haven't heard too many rumors of him ending up in purple and gold. You've actually heard a lot more of him leaning towards the Clippers. Wh- what do you make of this right now? I mean, is this just kind of the fluff leading into because the Lakers aren't in the playoffs, so we have to focus on <laughs> something to talk about? Do you think this is just a random rumor, or do you think this has some legs to it? No, I mean, uh, like, Eric Pincus is the one that reported it, so, like, he obviously, like, he's pretty reliable. Like, I mean, he's saying that a teammate, like, that Kawhi, like, a NBA players saying that Kawhi's teammates believe this, which like I believe that there is an NBA player saying that Kawhi's teammates believe this and that they aren't really sure whether or not they mean uh, like which LA team they mean. But at the same time, it's like all the all the really plugged in reporters have been saying Clippers, Clippers, Clippers for about a year now. And the Clippers have been following him around from arena to arena, like either, uh, you know, I know Lee Jenkins is making some of those trips. Uh, Lawrence Frank is making some of those trips. They've just been following him around from arena to arena. Like, but they can't talk to him. They're just like, it's like one of these things where like, it's just barely towing the line of tampering. Like, you know, they, they can't stop scouts from going and watching Raptors games or whatever. So like they're, you know, they're just going to tow the line and see if like Kawhi notices that they're there. And he seems like an interesting dude. And I'm not sure that he'll really notice that, but I don't know. Um, the only thing that makes me think that this is really a possibility because is that, you know, I, I mentioned that all these like, like, whoa, Shams, like all these really plugged in national guys have been saying like, well, it looks like the Clippers. Well, it looks like the Clippers. Like, I, I just wonder, Kawhi does not seem like he's an easy guy to read. So like, how do they know? Like, are they talking to Kawhi? Like, is he their source on this kind of stuff? I don't know, but I just, part of me <laughs> doubts that. Um, and how much do the people in Kawhi's life, like, decide where he's going to play? And how much do they know with the guy that seems to keep things that close to the vest? I don't know. He's just, he's a hard guy to read. Like, 
when people talk about what Kevin Durant, like that Kevin Durant's definitely out. I buy that. That's a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeve. He's probably not making a secret behind the scenes of, you know, that he probably is leaving Golden State this summer and, you know, other players and stuff. But Kawhi just seems like a hard dude to read. And that's the only reason that I think that, you know, other than LeBron being able to throw some of his Space Jam 2 money at him, uh, the, those are the main reasons I think there's still a chance that uh, the Lakers can end up with Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's like a high school math teacher. You just, you're just looking at him like, what is this dude thinking? What is he talking about? I don't have a clue. Because I, I feel the same way. When I watch him uh, doing interviews and, and stuff, he's just not very revealing, like you said. And, and the way he sits there and processes things. And, you know, the rumor was, while well, he was in San Antonio, but prior to Toronto, was that he is hellbent on getting back to L.A. Now, whether that was with the Lakers or Clippers, uh, you know, you heard both both ways then. But it seems like, I mean, that's kind of been his goal and his plan that as soon as he had the chance to bolt West, he was going to do it. Yeah, it just seemed like like the the writing on the wall and the prediction started to change as soon as LeBron joined L.A. So I don't know if there's like some deep like, you know, those two guys either don't get along or don't like each other or whatever it may be uh, to that. But, like, it, do, it does seem like there's maybe something going on there just because of the way that the rumors and the whispers started to shift as soon as LeBron became a Laker. Yeah, I think Kawhi is a type of guy who he wants to be known. And, again, this is, this is counter, basically counterintuitive to what you see him behaving like in general. But I, I think he wants to be known as the best. Yeah, I wonder how much of... of- I wonder how much of that, though, is his people want him to be known as the guy and want him like they had that very high profile breakdown with in their Jordan brand negotiations where they were like, well, he's a first team all NBA guy. Here's what all the other first team all NBA guys make on their signature sneaker deal. And, you know, Jordan brand came back to them and were like, hey, well. Kawhi doesn't use any social media accounts like he doesn't generate a lot of buzz with like younger people that are buying shoes because of that like like who want honestly like who wants a Kawhi Leonard signature shoe I I don't know like apparently New Balance thinks that there are some people but uh, I don't I don't really know what the market is for that right now and so I I think that that's some of the straw but so I think because of that they want him cast as this high wattage uh, you know the star that's turning a team around in one of these big markets and you know I guess it I don't really see the logic in doing the Clippers in that case because I don't think they have nearly the fan base of the Lakers. I still think that you get more attention on you as second banana on the Lakers than you do as first banana on the Clippers. But all that really matters is what Kawhi thinks and what matters to him and what matters to his camp. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard should be with Skechers. I think that's the demographic his personality appeals yes, to. Like ske- yeah, to, yeah, to I, honestly, though, appeal. New Balance, not a bad fit as no. like a backup. <laughs> it's comfortable. It's like Dr. Old, yeah, right? you, need, exactly. you just have to have it. That's a, that's a, that's a perfect uh, product for him to be marketing. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with you. I mean, the, the, it wouldn't make sense if, from a business standpoint, the Lakers are obviously one hundred percent the best option for him in terms of if he's coming to L.A. I don't think anybody can deny that. And I, I do. I find it interesting that he ended up. Um, there's been this weird, like all this noise since the beginning of this season specifically has been Kawhi is going to join the Clippers if he decides to lead the Raptors. And now it's leading that way. And I, I do think if the Raptors make the final and, and you know, they have a slim shot at winning it, I don't think he leaves, though. I think he'll end up staying. I am not sure about that. I, I just think that there's been so much smoke and noise that Kawhi is gone that I, I think he's gone either way. Hmm, that's that's going to be the interesting one to keep up with because if you're looking at it, I mean, and I, I've been saying this a lot throughout the season, it's basically Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, and, and Kyrie Irving are, are the top four fish out of this free agency class, which is loaded, by the way, because Jimmy Butler and, and Boogie Cousins now, depending 
depending on how he comes back uh, health-wise, are second-tier guys right now compared to those four. So out of those four, when you're looking at it, uh, would you say Kawhi has the best odds, like just in your opinion, of being in a Lakers uniform next year? And then who would you put second, third, and fourth? Yeah, so I think Kawhi there is definitely the best chance. And that's not me saying like a high chance. It's just the best out of all of them. Um, I, I think I'd put Kyrie second. I think I'd probably put Clay third and Kevin Durant fourth. I, I just, I know that like some, some of the Kevin Durant stuff was kind of taken out of context when he was talking about LeBron. He was talking about the media around him being toxic more so than LeBron himself. But what part of those comments either way makes you think that he wants to enter that environment. Like, I don't know. I, I I mean, I guess he wants to go to New York, which would appear to be just as toxic as anything going on here. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing Durant ending up in L.A. Although that guy, that's like on the flip side, that's the guy that I think that they should most want to sign out of those four. Yeah, he, he fits the he fits the bill perfectly. And, and I mean, him and him and uh, I, I think if you're looking at in just in terms of, of playing with each other, I, I would go with uh, I would go with KD as well with with LeBron. But I, it's interesting because. Like you, like you mentioned, like Durant wants to go to the Knicks. Like, dude, what are you gonna play for Jimmy Dolan? Like, what, what is so you know? Well, what, and like, so... like he wants to complain about the media not talking about basketball. You know where they talk about a lot of things from the tabloid columns and whatever? New York. Yeah, yeah. You know? Good luck. Good luck dealing with that compared to the softballs he's getting up in uh, up in San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be like a whole new bit in New York. Under like and like the Warriors have like a great beat covering them that does like excellent coverage and stuff, but it's not that harshly critical of a beat. And he just he cannot handle it. And I think part of it is because I just you know you look at him, you read that you read and you listen to the things that he says. I just think that he was under the impression that if he joined the Warriors, that people would respect the historical greatness of that team that he was building. And instead, he's been vilified. Like when he plays well, people say that, oh, that's not Warriors basketball. It's boring. It's, you know, it's not passing. It's not pass first, all that. It's not unselfish, all that stuff. And then when, you know, he doesn't play well, people just make fun of him for being a ring chasing second banana. And so I I just don't think that he's gotten the respect that he wants. And so I also think that for that reason, I I think it's unlikely that he'd want to join with LeBron and enter potentially that relationship where he wasn't the sole one getting credit for rebuilding a place again. I think, you know, I don't think he realized how good he had it in Oklahoma City where it's this like very very team friendly media for the most part and um like so so I think you know I I don't really understand why New York makes that better but uh yeah I don't I don't really know he's a hard guy to read he's he's interesting he is because he had this he had this super soft nice guy image while he was in OKC. You never saw the side of Kevin Durant, you know, when yeah, he was, especially like, when he was younger. very clear that that was very contrived. And that's like what, like somebody told him that that's how you need to act to be like endorsable and whatever. And at some point he realized like he could be himself and like that's, and it turns out that Kevin Durant is, uh, you know, a little petulant when he's himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah to, put, to put it, to put it nicely, he's, he's petulant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because you hear him, you know, ragging on the media and saying things about, uh, you know, they're out to get him. And it's like, what do you do? Well, I just signed on with the biggest sports media giant in the world and ESPN and I do the boardroom with him. So no, no, like, yeah, I love the, you know, the, come the, on, the man. Funniest- I don't I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on like Kevin Durant and all that like 
because you know he's not a Laker yet and probably never will be. But like at the same, like it was hilarious to me that on the week that he was advertising his like you know he basically he had that ESPN feature on him that was it was good, but it was right as his show The Boardroom was about to come out, and like literally the week before, like maybe even days before, he was complaining that the media wasn't talking about basketball. It's like okay, so like <laughs> on your terms, it's okay to not talk about basketball and talk about all your entertainment interests and whatever. Like, don't complain that they aren't talking about basketball. Complain that they're not talking about what you want them to talk about. Like, just be honest about it. Yeah, and, and he he's just been this weird, like, you know, has like a split personality, it seems like, when he comes on. Because sometimes he's like the nicest, most thoughtful guy, and sometimes he's just hostile, which is fine. I mean, just be you, whatever. Nobody's yeah, asking everybody's you to be, have to be perfect. Then. Yeah, but I mean, don't, don't, don't take it like say ridiculous things like that. Be somebody, people got to hold him accountable. So I think when he, if he decides to end up going to the Knicks, and like you said, all signs are pointing to the fact that he is leaving the Warriors, uh, good luck dealing with that media on the East Coast. You'll you'll sure see what it's like there. I would be very, very excited to watch him and Kyrie with the Knicks. The just the implosion of just drama and dysfunction and like and then like imagine if james dolan still owns the team and you know like they need to bring phil jackson back like that's the only way (laughs) to make it more dysfunctional if that happened like it would be the most miserable angry good team ever it would give the kobe shack lakers a run for their money they would they would would be 54 and 28 and then still being mad at the world and and acting like they're just a a, a miserable people that's what is what they are not uh, you know not to say that they're horrible to be around all the time, but when it comes to dealing with the media, their public persona, they're just miserable. Yeah, I, just don't, and I do not think that they'd enjoy that at all, and I don't think that they understand what they're getting themselves into if they do that. Yeah, that's that's going to be the big storyline. But I, I will say one thing. You said that uh, Kawhi probably has the best chance. To me, I think if Kyrie, depending, and, and it's the same thing for me, I think, with uh, with Kawhi in Toronto, with, with Kyrie in Boston, is if they go far and, and they make a run at things, I think there's a chance of him staying. But I, I, he'd be the guy I'd keep an eye on in terms of coming to the Lakers because I, I think him out of those four would, would, would have the best shots. But I want to get into a couple other things with you. We'll do that after this short break. And we are back. So before the break, we were touching on some of the free agency class. Who's going to be the guy pitching the Lakers to them? And looking like Rob Palenka getting more and more power within the organization. Obviously, he's still around. Luke Walton, Magic Johnson are gone. When you're looking at this, Harrison Knight, and it's interesting because you're seeing different media people kind of say different things. We heard Ramona Shelburne on ESPN LA saying, you know, the Lakers don't have anybody lined up, you know, that's already in the NBA to replace Magic Johnson, but his team is in the playoffs. That's been a popular rumor. What do you make of all this stuff? Because to me, and I've been saying this a lot, you know, said this a lot throughout the season, is that the team needs to stop these kind of leaks and they need to bring in a leader who's going to say enough of this crap because that's a sign of a Mickey Mouse organization. The, the championship teams rarely have stuff going on behind the scenes that's coming out. Some of the stuff that happens publicly, like it has with the Warriors, it happens. But the infighting behind closed doors doesn't really come out. So what, what, do, you say, what, what do you see out of this that you're seeing contradictory things coming out about the Lakers in terms of who's running them and who isn't? Well, I mean, on some level, you have to consider the sourcing. So, like, on one side, you have uh, Colin Cowherd, who is not really necessarily known as a newsbreaker. Um, you know, obviously has had a lot of success in sports radio, but not necessarily like like a paragon of journalistic newsbreaking excellence. And you have, and that's fine. Like, he's an opinionator. That's fine. But and then you have Arash Markazi was on the show with him and said that he had heard similar things. So that's interesting. Yeah, you know, Arash like teaches journalism at uh, I believe at your school, right, USC? Yeah, um, USC. Yeah. And- 
Yeah, and so he he teaches there, and so he's clearly a journalist. He works for the LA Times. He's worked for ESPN. Like he he's a guy who doesn't just say things. Like he if he's saying he's hearing something, he's hearing something. Um, but. Then, you know, and then like Sam Amick kind of said today that they are planning on placing magic, replacing Magic Johnson. That is he said that on the radio today. Um, That is interesting to me because it doesn't as Anthony, uh, when we were talking in Slack about all of this stuff, like Anthony noted that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're replacing Magic Johnson with not Rob Palenka. Like that could just mean promoting Rob Palenka. Um, And so that doesn't necessarily mean bringing in an outside candidate. There have been rumors that it'll be Kurt Rambis. Um, as oh, kind man, of the right. second fiddle to um, to Rob Palinka, but then and then like on the other side of this, like in the they don't have like a shadow president of basketball operations working for a playoff team camp is Ramona Shelburne, who's like arguably the most plugged in person to the Lakers of anyone really, and uh, she was just she basically she said on the radio that. Um, you know, she heard the same rumors, but that she doesn't trust them more than this is a quote more than I trust the people who really are making those decisions. And, you know, as Christian noted in his write up yesterday, that's pretty much as close as she can come to saying Jeannie told me while keeping it anonymous. <laughs> yeah. sourcing. Um, yeah. So I don't really totally know what to believe. I, I am dubious for a few reasons. And, you know, you, you just you hear things and that they have like like this supposed playoff shadow GM that's like still working for their team and you know like all that stuff just not only based on things you hear but like also based on just logic like that would violate so many different NBA rules if they had somebody that not only were they talking to and coordinating with on decisions but they were they were still working for another team that would be like I don't know that that would be grounds to like kick an owner out or like something like that but it would be serious serious punishment from the NBA if they had like number one not asked for permission to interview an executive and I would imagine we would have heard about that if they had done that and number two we're having this person like sign off on things Rob Palenka was doing like you better hope that they're deleting those emails or using broken <laughs> phones or whatever if you're a Lakers fan if that's actually what's going on like logically with the spotlight on them that just doesn't make any sense to me that they would try something like that and so maybe there is someone that you know is like working for another team that they want to talk to that they can't really talk to yet Maybe it's Bob Myers. Maybe it's Arn Tellum with the Pistons. Um, may, maybe it's one of these other guys. But I don't know. To me, I just have a hard time believing that they're coordinating with them on that. Which So then you could say, okay, Rob, but then why would they have to be coordinating with them? Well, why would somebody want to take the job and not only just in, not only inherit Rob Palenka, but also inherit a coach? And so there are ways that they can delay that process and hire a coach later down the line and, you know, have Rob Palenka do kind of these cursory interviews. And then maybe this person becomes available in a more official capacity, this like mystery candidate and can actually sign on and then do the final round of interviews with with Rob or whatever, you know, whatever else they want to do. But you're kind of running out of time to hire a coach here. And because you have to you ideally want to have a coach in place for the draft, although it seems like the only reason they kept Miles Simon around is to run those draft workouts at this point because they let every other assistant coach go um but i don't know just for all those reasons i know i'm kind of babbling at this point but it's basically like long tangent like too long didn't listen i just don't really see a way that that logically makes sense that they have somebody like secret right now running it that doesn't mean that they won't necessarily hire someone but i I don't really buy into the there's somebody with a playoff team making these decisions i I don't know does that make any sense to you 
Yeah, no, it totally does because I think that would be the dumbest thing they could do with or with already. You know, you saw Magic going through the tampering stuff, and and people around the league were were pissed off at how the Anthony Davis thing went down, and that would be dumb. Got with the one that actually, like everybody points the finger at Magic for the Paul George thing. It's like popular to say that it was the Jimmy Kimmel thing, and I think that did put a greater level of scrutiny on them. But they were ultimately fine because you know the NBA found Rob Palinka's contact with uh, with uh, Paul George's agent. And who also happens to be D'Angelo Russell's agent. And I just, you know, you wonder if there was, uh, like, if the NBA had any assistance there, but I don't know. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, it's I, I just would think they have to be smart enough to not do something like that with the level of spotlight on them. That would be that would be dumb with the organization. But the way things have went the last, nothing would surprise me. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's that. nothing. It's been, there's it's no been a circus. That come out. Yeah, there's no story that could come out where I'd be like, oh, I don't believe that. That's too outlandish for the Lakers. Like, <laughs> no, not the way Jeannie, not the way Jeannie has ran things. And I almost feel bad because I, I like I said, I know she does a lot of great stuff for the community and, and business minded, but you also have to look at it really for what it is. She inherited this off her father. Um, yes, whatever she learned by watching him and, and, and speaking with him. It's harder to do that in a way that you're not trying to appease everyone. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the problem to me in my eyes has been that the decisions she's making are, are doing things not to make them that are maybe best for the organization, but you might have to hurt some people along the way and, and make some tough decisions. And I think until she can separate those two, we're going to see this kind of happen with the team because ever since Dr. Buss is passing, they, they haven't been the same. And it's not the same old Lakers. It's like that, that, uh, they had this aura about them that was magical and they were, they were royalty in the NBA. And now you're not seeing that as much anymore. And that, that's a lot by the fact that a lot of the players are looking at that and the rumors within the league are that it's a circus and I don't want to be there. Yeah. And uh, you know, I would understand like people ask me like, you know, who, who's going to come here, all this stuff. Like, I'm just like, I don't really know why they would want to, I don't really see the reasons. And um, you know, outside of LeBron James, like, uh, paying them a large salary to appear in Space Jam too. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think I agree with you on the the Lakers. I don't want to say the Lakers have lost their luster because very clearly, like they're high level executives that maybe were would have been interested in this job, and there are very clearly like players that think that the Lakers can do something for their brand and all that stuff. So. I'm not going to say that they've lost their luster, but they've been less successful. I, I don't put that all on Jeannie, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, but I don't put that all on her because there are league changes uh, in that time as well. Like the the cap's harder. There's revenue sharing so that teams can compete a little bit more. There's harsher luxury tax penalties. There There's real structural changes that have happened in the NBA. and But the Lakers also have not necessarily evolved along with that. Like, if they had this big, high-powered analytics staff that was on par with the rest of the league, then chances are we would be hearing about that, and we don't. Um, if they had, you know, like a health and training staff that was on par with a lot of these other teams in the league, we wouldn't probably have been seeing the injuries that we are, and they're going to replace the training staff this summer. So we'll see what happens there, or at least the head athletic trainer. But how much control does he have over that? How much of that is just the resources that you're giving the training staff? And, you know, I'm, I don't know that they're pinching pennies there, but it's just like, you know— it, I'm not certain that they're using, they're flexing the big market muscle in the area that they can flex it. I think that they're trying to flex it on like to players like you saw almost the tone deafness of the LaMarcus Aldridge pitch a couple of years ago. There was like the big part of it centered on like, look what we can do for your social media presence. And, (laughs) you know, obviously they've changed their pitches a little bit since then. They aren't doing stuff like that anymore. They realize that it's corny and the players want to hear about the basketball stuff too. Um, But I just think that you're seeing like a lot of, 
we should get these guys because we're the Lakers and that that just doesn't work anymore. I don't think uh, you have to have other compelling reasons and, you know, until it totally fails and like, like there's still a chance. So like we, there's been all this doom and gloom. There's still a chance right, right now they are better off than they were a week ago. They don't have magic. They don't have a coach that LeBron clearly didn't like. They don't have the head of the training staff that everybody wanted to complain about. They still have a max cap space and could sign a star free agent there. They're better off right now. Maybe they sign that guy and then maybe all this looks stupid and we were all chicken little screaming that the sky is falling, but it wasn't. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just until that happens, I just have a hard time being optimistic about it. But that, that's my, that's my thing, and what what I was saying by by that about Genie and and uh, and Jim Bus, even when he was running it, like since Doctor Bus passed, the Lakers haven't been ran the same way. Is what I mean. They're not running into that in that smooth, you know, go to organization, the pinnacle of the NBA, and, and that's where I'm saying it. it's not to say that they. I mean, they're still the Lakers. There's a reason why LeBron James wanted to sign with them over the Clippers. He wanted to come to LA. I think that was coming happening no matter what. But yeah. and I, I do agree with that. But I mean, the way that the team is ran, they're not the envy of of the league anymore. And and it's your and you you hit the nail on the head when you said that they're, they're just a little bit too far behind the times in terms of evolving and changing with how the NBA ha- has been. And and you look at this. I mean, you hear about. Uh, What's going on in Memphis? And, you know, they hired a 30-year-old, Zach Kleiman. And, and I like the fact that they went off the board. And it's like, even with Palinka, uh, yeah, you had Magic there who has experience being involved in basketball, not necessarily in running a, a franchise. I mean, he owns, you know, a piece of the Dodgers, but he doesn't Do, know what charitably, I don't want, I'm sorry to cut you off, but charitably, I'm not sure how much more experience Magic Johnson has running an NBA team now than he did when he was hired. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go, go ahead. No, you're right, because he didn't do anything. And I, it's like you're reading uh, – when I was watching that, uh, that that final press conference, I'm like, did you not know, like, what comes with the job? It's like, you know, you know, you, you didn't do any research on this. He just thought he can come in and be Magic Johnson and everything's going to turn to gold. And that's just, not – He was just like, way- nobody told me I couldn't tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, can you I can't tweet Bob congrats Myers to us on like, his you know, like saying that? Yeah, come on. Yeah, like, that's so on. ridiculous. And and then I – you know, that's what I mean. Like, and you're looking at Rob Palenka and, and getting back to the Memphis thing, like, they brought in guys like Rich Cho and Glenn Grunwald. Like, a lot of people might not look at Glenn Grunwald and be like, he's successful. Well, he was also responsible for helping the Raptors pick Vince Carter. Uh, how was there when they picked Chris Bosh. And that was, up until recently, you know, the most successful point in that franchise's history. And you look at Rich Cho, it doesn't mean he had a lot of things right, but he has experience. And you have different voices in the room. So, to me, giving the keys to the Porsche to, to Palenka without really knowing and, and giving him some insulation there is another, like, it's, it's a backwards decision. And I, I, that's where I think this team has been struggling to make the right choices since the passing of Dr. Buss. Yeah, and I just think that you see a lot of, um, like, it seems like if they end up keeping Palinka in his current role, I think part of it is that he was the one that stayed and he was loyal. And you want to, like, on some level, like, that's an admirable thing for, like, uh, for Genie to want to reward. But at the same time, like, in a multi-billion dollar industry, it, it can't, you, you have to also be willing to always look for upgrades because your opponents always are. And so like, even if you like someone and like, I'm not saying that they should necessarily fire Rob Palinka, but for him to get more power just because magic Johnson stepped down, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like you should be, if you thought that he was the GM before and you weren't going to promote him above magic, you got to at least see if there are other people out there that are more qualified and maybe they still will. Like there's a chance, you know, maybe they get Bob Myers and then a lot of this looks a lot different and they've just had to keep it quiet because he was working for the war at the time. I don't know. Um, but I, I just, 
like if that doesn't happen, then you know you all, you have to fault them for at least not going through a candidate search. Because one of the things that we've talked about, Anthony and I on the on the Lake Show, which is uh, the Silver Screen Roll podcast feeds Tuesday podcast, is that you know you learn things just from talking to these people. Like even if you don't hire them, like let's say for example, like David Griffin's off the board now, but let's say like they ask for permission to talk to Bob Myers and they talk to him and he doesn't take the job, still. From that interview process, you learn things about like how this very well thought of guy thinks of an NBA organization, what he thinks maybe you could be doing better and all this stuff. And then if things don't go well with Polinka or whoever you eventually hire, then you're like, oh, you know what? Like you have a way to evaluate that because you're like, you know, Bob Myers told me in his job interview that like doing things this way was not going to work. And he was right. So now I've learned this about the NBA and I've learned this thing from So you just learn more from picking intelligent people's brains. Yeah, not sitting in an echo chamber, which I feel like what Magic and Rob Palenka were doing. Like, hey, this sounds like a good move. Let's trade uh, Zubats for uh, Mike Muscala. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you not have anybody in the room telling you no? That's a dumb, bad trade. I don't understand well, how they ran things there. The the thing about it is, is uh, number one, I'm not sure there was anybody else in the room when they were making decisions like that. Number two, I'm not sure that those people had any real power to stop Magic from doing what he wanted. And so again, like the the team is better off now, just in the sense of like. Rob Palinka may have amassed this power now, but Rob Palinka is not bulletproof in the way that Magic was to where like if he's like like I'm not saying that he's grossly incompetent, but let's just say hypothetically like if he were no no fans are going to be having a ride in the street if you fire Rob Palinka. Actually quite the opposite. They might party at this point. Uh-huh. Um but like if you fired Magic Johnson, even if he was doing a terrible job, there's a segment of the fan base that would be angry and there's a segment of the fan base that would think that that was bad. So he did them a favor ultimately by stepping down, not just because I don't think he was particularly good at his job, but also because I think that like now they don't have to deal with like, what do we do if Magic's bad? Yeah, and that's, uh, that is that is going to be the key, I think, for them is when you're, when you're looking at uh, at the way this team was ran with Magic compared to now, they have to tighten up the leash, right? And if they don't, you're going to see uh, another dramaful season. And I, I don't think, like, if you're, you know, we're talking about the free agents, I don't want to see Jimmy Jimmy Butler giving a three, four, you know, four year deal. He's thirty already. I just don't think he moves the needle as much. I, I and, and you have to bring you in to someone. That, yeah. I just want you to know that I'm going to isolate this clip and I'm going to use it when the Lakers do sign Jimmy Butler this summer. <laughs> okay, that's a hey, fair. You know what? And we'll see how it turns out because I think they'll make the playoffs with him, but. Uh, they're not a cha- that's not going to make them a championship team. They have to have someone who brings in, because I'm looking at it now too, it's not like LeBron's 30 or 31. You know, he's going to be 35 next season. Um, yeah. how, much, how much, you know, does he have left in him? And, and Father Time's undefeated. And that guy has played a ridiculous amount of minutes when you look at it, I mean, coming in from high school and basically being in the finals for eight straight seasons. You know, that take, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body, not to say modern medicine hasn't, you know, improved things for, for athletes especially. Well, and, but, and LeBron's a cyborg, so we got to factor that in. He is. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's an alien. I mean, the way he's built and, and the way he is. It's like you see him play in person. The guy, he's like a human pogo stick still. It's it was like, almost, uh, to me, uh, after the groin injury, he was almost more impressive just because you saw this guy that very clearly didn't have the burst and the athleticism in the way that he was used to. And he was dominating just on like his sheer physical strength and his like, and his smarts. Like he's a basketball genius. There's no, there's no debating it. He's like, he's possibly the smartest player to ever play. I, I, and that's something I, I, would, I would give. The way he's controlled the game on an overall basis. Like, to me, Jordan is the best because of how dominant he was. And it was like with Michael Jordan, especially those, those you know, six seasons that they won championships, you always felt like he was going to win. Like, and he did, you know, like, except for that one year when they lost to Orlando in the second round. You always felt like, hey, you know what? This team, uh, Chicago is going to win. With LeBron, it's been like, 
he is going to control the game, whether you had the right teammates or not. That's a topic we can spend an hour and a half discussing on another podcast, uh, just in terms of comparing the two. But I agree with I you. Am, I am done talking about LeBron's teammates this year, like, yeah, uh, and the, the debating the roster <laughs> construction. It's like, like that, that horse is not, that's not just like a dead beaten horse. Like that's like a horse that has been like dissolved, like the Thanos snap <laughs> at the end of Avengers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There's nothing left of it except for the skull. That's it, man. We, yeah. don't, want, we don't want to talk about that, but uh, it, it will be interesting to see. We'll wrap things up on this one. Uh, the you know the rumors are that well the reports are sorry not rumors reports are that uh, the Lakers have talked with Monty uh, Monty Williams as well as uh, Tyron Lue. If, if I you think look Tyron Lue, they're going to talk to today by the time this airs, right? I think the plan yeah. was to do that on Friday. So by yeah, the time Friday, this airs, we'll be talking to him today. What what do you do? You think it's going to come in down to one of those two guys, and and if so, who who would you like to be as Lakers coach next year? Yeah, I I do honestly think that it's going to come down to those two guys, and I will just you know uh, like uh, uh, like hand up. I'm going to be real honest. Those are the two guys that I have a pre write ready for. So like if the Lakers hire either of them, I did not write 600 words in five seconds. Um, I had that ready to go. Uh, just evaluating the move. So if they hire Jawan Howard, I'm really screwed. Like just from a content <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Um, but well, you, I, you, you'll, you'll do great at it. You'll, you'll, you'll hop on it real quick though. You'll get it done though. Yeah, we'll get it done. Me or Christian. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think that honestly, I think it so the reason I wrote it about those two is because I think it will be one of those two guys. Um, I know that Woj reported over the weekend and I'm not going to sit here and doubt Woj's sources that Monty Williams is the front runner. I ultimately still think it will be Lou. That's just what my gut tells me. That's not any sourcing or whatever. Um, I, I do ultimately think it will be Lou and that the side of them like that's kind of like proud and like we don't want to le- make it look like LeBron's running the team or whatever. Well, ultimately not. They're going to ultimately bow to like, you know, this guy has had proven success with LeBron. And like m- maybe that if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And they made four straight finals and for the, like, I think that Ty, I don't think Tyron Lue's a perfect coach, but like, if you're just again looking at the positives, I know the coverage of the team has been very negative. I, I hear you guys in the comment section that are very upset that that we haven't had a lot of positive stories. It's because if the Lakers would give us one positive thing to cover, that would be wonderful, and we would happily cover it. But at the same, like. These guys are so much better coaching candidates than the names that were originally being mentioned back, you know, remember midseason when they were talking about firing Luke and like the most commonly mentioned names were Jason Kidd and uh, and Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, yeah. Tyron Lue and Monty Williams and Jawan Howard are improvements over that because Jason Kidd, I think, might honestly be Byron Scott level bad. And like Monty Williams, you know, he's very clearly a nice guy that people like and that players like, but we saw it with the Pelicans. Those weren't perfect rosters, but they also weren't rosters that you felt like were overachieving in any way um, due to his motivational skills or whatever. And I don't, I don't think that, I think they could make much worse hires than Monty Williams, but I just think that Tyron Lue is the more proven better hire in this case. And you also see sometimes guys like coaches almost never take a leap in their third job or whatever. Like if they end up getting a third job, but you do see some guys take a leap in their second job where they learn from mistakes they made in the first one and they figure some things out. And Tyron Lue for like all of his faults, he showed that he knew how to run offense around LeBron and he showed that he was a guy that was willing to take him to task, which is something that LeBron wants. And so I I think that there, and those aren't his only strengths, but those are, I think two major ones. And you know, if it was me, I would pick Tyron Lue. That's still the way that I think that they will end up leaning and, you know, because I said all of this, they're going to hire Jason Kidd. <laughs> I hope not, because I, I think that I want them to go a little bit off the board and, and, and really do an extensive search. If, if there's an assistant out there in the, in, the, uh, in the NBA who comes in with the right answers and, and knocks your socks off and, and, and looks at the modern game 
and you look at him, he might be a good motivator. He knows the X's and O's. Really, all you got to do is, is space the damn floor and let LeBron go to work and let him get, get surround him with some shooters. That's about it. But um, if they if if they do that, I want them to go a little bit off the board because it doesn't excite me to bring in Ty Lue. It doesn't excite me to bring in a guy like uh, Monty Williams. I, I think if you go with somebody off the board, Jawan Howard, unproven, not a lot of experience, but he might be the right guy for the job. And I, I just yeah, think that, I don't want to see a retread great. at this point. He, you know what I mean? He could be great. I, I read, I did some research on him when he was initially announced as a candidate and he said some interesting things about his philosophies on basketball. And there are some interesting stories about like how his son was on the summer league team and he coached him harder than like he coached any of the other guys on there. And like some of the heat assistants were even like, I, you know, we, we had to like separate him and like, just be like, Hey, like you, like, don't you think you're going a little hard on your son? So like, that makes me think that LeBron is again, just because he knows that guy, and just because he, you know, has a prior relationship with him, like, like Ty Lue, he's not going to be afraid to go at him, which is something that LeBron has said that he needs, uh, even if he doesn't always like it at the time. And so, you know, maybe he'd be great. And, you know, maybe there's somebody else that they that, yeah, like you said, maybe there's an off the board candidate. I know a lot of people want them to do Becky Hammond, just their way of operating over the nothing about the way they've operated over the last several years makes me think that they would go that outside the box of like people that they don't know personally. Um like every single one of these candidates, like, I guess not Monty Williams necessarily has a personal relationship with people here, but like Jawan Howard, like former coach of LeBron, former friend of LeBron, former teammate of Rob Palenka, Tyron Lue, former Laker. So like Jeannie knows him, former coach of LeBron James. Like, I just don't really see them going outside. Like if we were playing, like, I don't even see them going like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's like, I think I'm going like <laughs> Well, I, I think it's going to be – I hope it's not. Sorry, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be. I just don't want to see it being like, breaking news, the Lakers have hired uh, Kurt Rambis as president and Byron Scott as the new head coach because then I'm going to flip out. So that's hey, just what hey, I don't want to There we go. See. You know, honestly, if it's going to burn, let's burn it as best <laughs> we can. Let, let's burn this thing to the ground like a controlled fire and let some trees grow in, grow in its place. So sure – Kurt Rambis, president of basketball operations. Let's bring back Byron, you know, let him finish the job he started. They didn't let him turn the caterpillar into the butterfly and now it's ready to fly away. So, you know, bring back Byron, like bring back Jim Buss, let him run it. Maybe he can recruit D'Angelo Russell back in free agency. Um, yeah. So let, let's just, uh, just get the whole crew back together. Bring in Phil Jackson, let him consult or something. I don't know. Yeah. But what, you know, it's going to be exciting. So, I mean, it's, it, the Lakers is is they are the the premier franchise in the NBA on the court and off the court not so much on the court but off the court so this offseason will be uh will definitely be thing and it's going to be entertaining for us as well yeah maybe maybe they can use it to get back to being the premier franchise on the court but yeah. I'm not super optimistic right now <laughs> well that's the hope that uh, that will wrap up on uh, on that one Harrison uh, again thanks so much for doing this man it's always fun talking Lakers with you yeah, no, I love doing it. So, I, again, you can listen to Anthony and I. We do our podcast, The Lake Show. If you're already subscribed, you already know this. But Anthony and I do our podcast on Tuesdays. I've actually – I'm really happy with the team that we've assembled now, now that we've gone to five days a week. I think Jordan and Alex do, like, a great show on Wednesdays and um, – uh, and, and, I almost said Grant, but Christian and Jacob are doing a great job on our Thursday show and Sabrina and Sasha I'm loving uh, on Mondays. So like, I really think if you, if you're for some reason, just listening to this episode on the website, please subscribe. We're on all of your platforms and uh, that helps all of us out and make sure that everybody here is, you know, continuing to uh, get a benefit from hosting these podcasts. A true leader and a true boss. I don't even have to do the plug to subscribe to the podcast. You heard, you heard Harrison. Well, see, say, I'm just <laughs> jumping in there and doing it because Anthony never does it. So, like, uh, you know, this is just old habits die hard. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, man. And it saved the listeners from having to listen to me for an extra 10 seconds. So. <laughs> 
All right, Harrison, we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, sounds good. All right, that's Harrison Fagan, uh, basically the leader of our, of our team at SilverScreenAndRoll.com. Don't forget to follow him at, uh, on Twitter at HMFagan. And follow us as well at LakersSBN. Uh, always tweeting out whether it's articles, stats, opinions, some memes, funny stuff. Uh, we got you covered there as well. That does it for this episode. I'll talk to you all next time.